Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna. It's a weekend edition of the Transfer Update Show. We're going to be talking about Danny Ceballos' return. We're going to be discussing the messy news. We're going to be talking about the update on the future of Hussein Awar, a little bit about Kai Havertz and plenty of other stuff. Uh, stay tuned. We're in for a brilliant show. We've got lots coming your way. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Transfer Update Show brought to you by the Chronicles of Aguna. Um, we're live again. Um, I said I was going to probably take the weekend off this week um, because it is the last weekend prior to the Premier League kicking off, which means my work calendar just goes nuts. Um, so I thought about just chilling out, lounging around on the sofa uh, for the remainder of sort of, or for the entirety, I should say, of this weekend and I promise I'm going to go back to doing that um, in just a little bit but I thought I'd bring you guys another edition of the transfer update because there is quite a bit to discuss and um, obviously we did our live show yesterday in the evening uh, well late afternoon more like uh, we touched on the big stories from the day but then of course in the evening later on uh, about three four hours later Arsenal announced uh, the re-signing of Danny Ceballos so I thought it'd be worth discussing that we're going to talk a little bit about Lionel Messi and his interview. We're going to talk a little bit about Chelsea landing Kai Havertz. And uh, we're going to discuss plenty more. Whatever you guys want as well. Um, stick your um, thoughts and your comments and your questions in the live chat. And we'll pick as many of those up as we can uh, between now and the, uh, the end of the stream. So lots to get through. Um, first of all, want to begin by uh, reminding you guys uh, that if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Um, it is so, so important. If you're new to the channel as well, we really, really appreciate the help. We're trying to hit seven and a half K sooner rather than later. So please, please do smash that button if you haven't already. And of course, it goes without saying, and I'll probably remind you two or three times uh, throughout the course of this stream, but smash that like button as well. Thank you very much in advance. Uh, right, let's begin by talking about the Danny Ceballos stuff. Of course, it was announced, as I said, uh, on Friday evening that Danny Ceballos had rejoined the Arsenal. And I think we knew that the deal was was coming um, over the last few days. We kind of uh, knew it was in the pipeline. There was much talk about it. It came out a couple of days ago that there had been a breakthrough in the talks between Arsenal and Real Madrid over um, Danny's signature and thankfully it's over the line it's done now and Danny Sabas will play for Arsenal again for another season now of course um, there is no option to buy as far as I'm aware um, as I said to you guys on I think it was not yesterday's show the show uh, on Thursday I think it might have been um, that it was very much one of the, those where if we want Danny Ceballos after this loan deal, we're going to have to negotiate a deal with Real Madrid there and then. I'm sure they will be keen to see how Danny Ceballos gets on with another sort of year in the Premier League under his belt. And then they'll probably make another assessment of him as well and decide what is best for them, what is best for the player. Um, well, no, let's be honest, Real Madrid are going to decide what's best for them. But the player will have another opportunity to, to rethink his future. But for the time being... He is an Arsenal man. He is back and Arsenal.com um, put the announcement out, as I said. 
Um, they say that he impressed during his first season in North London, making 37 appearances and becoming an integral part of Mikel Arteta's team. He certainly did um, become an integral part of Mikel Arteta's team. We've got to we've got to acknowledge that. And initially, you know, when Danny Sabas first came in, I think the first couple of performances we saw, there's a game against uh, Burnley that sticks to mind um, where we were really, really impressed by him, blown away actually by the performance that he turned in that day. But he never really kicked on from that. Obviously, Unai Emery was in charge at the start of the season. I don't think that helped Danny Sabaz and I don't think, quite frankly, that helped anybody. Um, obviously, Emery moved on and then Sabaz suffered that injury, didn't he? And when, when Mikel Arteta first took over, he wasn't quite fit. Um, he broke back into the side and from then on, it's just been an upward trajectory in terms of the quality of Danny Sabas's performances, the quality of Danny Sabas's displays. And you can understand why the club were determined to sign him up again and to, to tie him down for another year. Now, I think in an ideal world, Arsenal probably would have moved to buy uh, Danny Sabayos. But of course, we know that the uh, financial situation at present isn't ideal. We know that COVID's had an impact. We know that with or without COVID, actually, Arsenal were going to have a, a bit of a difficult time, um, you know, in terms of the money uh, that they spend um, and what, sorry, the money that they're able to spend. And we knew that they were going to have to get creative, get clever and, um, you know, try their best to, to do deals for as cheap as possible. And, and bringing Danny Sabas in again on a loan. Yeah, look, in an ideal world, I think Arsenal would have liked to have signed him, but we appreciate the current situation, the current circumstances. So for now, uh, bringing Danny Sabas in on a loan makes absolutely perfect sense. Um, you know, when you're trying to develop a team, when you're trying to, um, you know, build on some momentum that we obviously picked up towards the end of the season, then I think continuity is key. I think Mikel Arteta will still be obviously looking at, at the likes of Hussein Moir and, and, and Thomas Partey. There's no question about that. But to bring Danny Sabayos back, who, who played a key role, who was part of the improvement at Arsenal, I think is key. Um, you know, I, I don't want to bang on about continuity too much. But, you know, if we had sort of taken those steps forward with him and Xhaka in the midfield and then we were to start the season without him, you'd be a little bit like, well, kind of we built, we progressed, we moved forward and now we've gone back to step one. So... It's nice that, that he's been brought back in and it's great that it's been done in a way in which the financial commitment is not too much for Arsenal to handle. Now, he, you know, he, he is coming in on a loan, but we're, we were told or it was rumoured and we don't know this for sure because Arsenal have not confirmed this. Um, but we understand from sort of the reports we've been hearing over the last few days that Real Madrid had waived the loan fee. Um, in exchange for Arsenal playing, uh, paying sorry the entirety of Danny Sabas's wages, so Arsenal are going to pay all of that. None of it is going to be um, none of it is going to be subsidised by Real Madrid. But in exchange for that, we will not have to pay a loan fee. And I think Arsenal were probably expecting to pay a loan fee from the outset. And so you know, being able to spend that money now obviously, which is going to go towards the players' wages over a longer period of time, obviously eases the financial burden and makes things a little bit simpler. Uh, let's have a look at what 
Edu and Mikel Arteta have had to say on the deal. Edu said, we're thrilled to have Danny back with us for the new season. We all know his qualities after an impressive 2019-20 campaign, which ended with him playing a key role in our FA Cup success. We're excited to add Danny to the list of quality players we are bringing in. Uh, Mikel Arteta says Danny was an integral part of our team last season and finished the season in excellent form. I love Danny's passion and commitment and he's a highly skillful player. We're all delighted to welcome him back and look forward to seeing him pick up where he left off. It does say on Arsenal.com the loan uh, agreement is subject to the completion of the regulatory process, as is every transfer, as is every loan. So I wouldn't worry about that. I wouldn't panic about that. And listen, Arsenal don't get to this point where they're announcing it if it's not um, nailed on that it's going to be completed. So don't worry about that. Um, it is very much a done deal. Danny Sabayos will play for Arsenal for another season. Let me know your thoughts on it. Um, how are you feeling about uh, Danny Sabayos' return? Are you concerned that Danny Sabayos' return may mean that we're struggling to land some of those other midfield targets. Let me know your thoughts in the comments section below. Um, I'd love to hear from you guys, uh, whether you're watching this live, whether you're watching this back later on, whether you're listening via the audio. Uh, you can tweet us at Chronicles underscore AFC. Always great to hear what you guys have to say. Right, before moving on, let's have a quick look through the live comments and see what you guys are saying. Big hello to Robo, uh, to Omar. Um Big hello to Norwegian Gunnar. He says he can't make it. I think you commented this before we went live. Uh, have a good weekend, Harry. Keep up the good work. You too, my friend. And uh, let us know your thoughts whenever you do get a chance uh, to catch up. Uh, Daniel Roberts says, can you play that piano? I'm not a piano man, uh, my friend, uh, but I am a bit of a musician. I've got to be honest. Um, big hello to Wayne Hennessy. Um, big hello to Callum Ferguson. He asks, have you seen much of Catalan Sirgian? Uh, no, I've got to be honest. I haven't, um, just quickly, you know, he's a young kid, um, obviously Romanian from what I know, um, never can pronounce his name. <laughs> I think I've said that right. Catalan, Sijian, maybe I've said that right. Uh, but no, I haven't. I'll be honest with you. I know that He's someone that a lot of Arsenal uh, fans and stuff have a have high hopes for. Um, I think he's 17 or 18. I think he's 17, if I'm not mistaken. But I've got to be honest, I don't know a great deal about him. Um, but we are looking over the course of the new season to bring you more content with regards to the under-23s, the under-18s. We're going to be bringing some new people on board um, to be doing that so that we can look at this stuff in more detail and bring you guys a more informed assessment on some of these players. So if you fancy supporting that, if you fancy um, getting access to more content, some exclusive content, um, and the exclusive content is going to start dropping next week, guys, as the Premier League uh, returns, uh, you can become a patron by heading over to patreon.com forward slash the Chronicles of Aguna. You can see uh, the website rolling across the bottom of your screen if you're watching us on YouTube. If you're listening via the audio, the link is in the description. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, let's, uh, I'm going to park the questions for now. We're going to come back to the questions. So if you've got questions, just hold on to those um, and put them in the chat in a little bit when I when I say uh, because we've got some other bits and pieces that we need to cover. So let's quickly talk about uh, or touch on your comments with regards 
to Danny Ceballos. But first, I got, sorry, I got to touch on this one. This one made me laugh. Is that Sanchez is is that Sanchez's piano in the background where he later cried at leaving Arsenal? I can confirm it's not Alexis Sanchez's piano. Um, John Carver says, hi, Harry. I'm so glad to see Ceballos back. If we can just get Partey now, I feel we can make a real statement this season. Um, what else have we got here? Um, Asa says, hi, Harry. Loving the content. What's your thoughts about playing a 3-4-3? As I said, guys, Park these questions. Um, keep the hold of them, and um, I will. Uh, I will have a look at. Um, I will have a look at those in a little bit. Uh, big hello to Claude as well. Um, how you doing, mate? Welcome to the stream. Um, he says we still need another two additions. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I don't disagree with that in the slightest. Um, Kingsley Opara says Danny is definitely a positive signing for Arsenal and the structure of the deal would help us uh, fund Partey. Brilliant stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think it is a positive signing and, and I do think that the structure of the deal, you know, the fact that it's a loan and we don't have to pay a, a significant amount of money um, in one go to land the player will help us in the long run. Of course it will. And fingers crossed it will allow us to go on and and, and do more business. Right. Um, let's uh, let's move on and we'll come back to, to this stuff in just a few moments. So when I say get your questions in, if you haven't hit the like button already, please do so. Let's just have a quick check in. There's over 130 of you watching us across the multiple platforms, but we've only got 23 likes. So please, please do. Um, Please, please do uh, smash that like button if you haven't already. Right. The other thing I wanted to discuss today was the update on Hussein Awar's future. Now, we know that he's a player that Arsenal are looking at. We know that he's a player Arsenal are very, very interested in. We know he's a central midfielder and we know he's somebody who Mikel Arteta is a huge admirer of. The update is uh, comes from L'Equipe in France who claim that Arsenal have made a cash offer plus Matteo Genduzzi for Hussein Awar. They don't specify what that cash offer is or what the sum is. So we're not exactly sure uh, how big Arsenal have gone on this, but it's clear that they are, if possible, trying to use Matteo Genduzzi as a potential make-weight um, in this deal. Um, it, they're, they're obviously looking to do that. They're obviously looking to, to try and bring down or drive down uh, the amount of cash required in order uh, to get Awar by using Matteo Genduzzi. Now, it, it's not clear if um, if Genduzzi is going to go. Um, Mikel Arteta spoke the other day about giving him another chance, uh, giving him the opportunity uh, to prove himself once again and that what had happened had happened and it's done and, you know, we move on. But this suggests, doesn't it, that Arsenal are clearly still... Uh, looking to move Matteo Genduzzi out. They've probably sussed that, you know, so far the interest maybe hasn't been what they hoped it would be in Matteo Genduzzi. And so this may be the way to maximise his value by using him as a make weight in, in, in another deal. Now, as well as saying that Arsenal have made that offer of cash uh, plus uh, Matteo Genduzzi, uh, Lekip also say that Hussein Awar wants a transfer um, and that has come from the Leon hierarchy. They've provided that update from what I understand. They say that the player is wanting of a transfer. Um, he's obviously had his head turned 
Um, I think Janino is the uh, the director of football at Lyon at the moment. Uh, remember Janino? Uh, probably the best free kick taker I've ever seen in my time. Uh, not Middlesbrough Janino, not the Premier League Janino. Janino uh, from um, from uh, from Lyon. Um, it's understood that you know a, a club like Lyon, they know that they're going to have difficulty holding on to their top top talents when. Bigger clubs come knocking at the door with big sums of money, with the, um, you know, opportunity to go and play in a in a better league, uh, which it is. The Premier League is a stronger league, of course it is, um, than the French league. It gets far more coverage. It's got a much bigger fan base. So, understandably, so players will be tempted um, by that. You know, it's um, it's just the way it is, and and Leon, uh, they're open to that, but equally they have to protect themselves from losing these players on the cheap. They don't want to be bullied into parting ways with important players for silly sums of money because, you know, their business model, the way they sustain their current level, particularly a club like Leon, is to constantly um, produce and then sell top talents. But we know uh, from what Leon are saying, from from the reports that are coming out of France at the moment, um, that it seems at least... That Hussein Awar is keen on a move uh, away from Leon. He's got his mind uh, made up. He's 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 set on moving away. Um, so uh, just laughing at some of it, some of the comments coming through at the moment. Do excuse me. Um, let's see. Uh, right. Let's talk a little bit about Thomas Partey as well. Uh, Thomas Partey apparently uh, is expected to remain at at Atletico. That is very much the club's stance on the Ghanaian midfielder at the moment. Uh, they expect him to stay at present. Now, I saw a lot of people sort of having mini meltdowns about this on social media yesterday. The fact that uh, the Atletico are confident of him remaining at this moment in time is, um, it, you know, is not something to be worried about. The fact is that nothing has changed in Arsenal's pursuit of Thomas Partey. The player has a 50 million euro release clause. If Arsenal meet that, he is ours. It's as simple as that. We, If we want the player, we have to trigger the deal. We have to go there and put the money on the table that will trigger that release clause, which gives Atletico no option but to allow us to speak with the player, to negotiate with the player. And providing that can all be done, if Arsenal really want Thomas Partey and can afford Thomas Partey, then that deal will get done. It's as simple as that. I wouldn't sit here worrying about comments coming out of Atletico. At this moment in time, nobody has triggered Thomas Partey's release clause. Therefore, of course they expect him to stay. Where's he going? You know, they've made it clear all along from, from day one that they're not going to accept anything less than the release clause for Thomas Partey. Therefore, why people are stressing about, about the comments and the noises coming out of Madrid is beyond me. If we want him, we'll get him. If we don't, we won't. You know, it, it's as simple as that. And when I say if Arsenal want him, I mean if Arsenal want him and Arsenal value him at what the release clause is. You know, if Arsenal think that that is a deal worth doing, they will go and do it. 50 million euros this day and age for a player uh, of his standing is not a great deal of money. You know, we know that Arsenal are in uh, not a... Great situation. However, we just spent 30 odd million almost on, on Gabriel. So 
you know, clearly in Arsenal's mind, Gabriel, you know, a, well, a centre-half in general was more of a priority, was the first priority, wasn't it? Now, moving forward, you know, you you think that we're going to move some players out. I think that is very much going to be the case. But I guess the point, I'm, I've gone around in a massive circle here, but the point I'm making here is do not stress by what you hear from Atletico Madrid with regards to Thomas Partey. The release clause is public knowledge. Everybody knows about it. Nothing changes with regards to Arsenal's pursuit of Thomas Partey unless that release clause changes. The, the, the fact of the matter is that if we want him and we put 50 million euros on the table, that will be um, enough. That will be enough. They will have no option but to accept that offer. And then we're, we're open to talk to the player and we can move on and we can discuss and, and fingers crossed it would result in Thomas Partey coming. I'd love to see him at the Arsenal. And I do still expect Arsenal to go back in for Thomas Partey and to make that offer that I'm talking about a little bit further down the line in this window. And what I mean by that is I think they're probably looking to, if not just move players out to get transfer fees in, but to reduce that wage bill a little bit further as well, because we know that Thomas Partey is going to command a significant contract, which is well within his right to do. Um, but I think Arsenal's stance hasn't changed. Our chances of getting him haven't changed. It's very much about getting those players that we think, you know, are, are not good enough anymore or that we potentially could raise some funds from or at least knock off a, a significant portion of our wage bill by moving them on. Once they're gone, um, which I think there will be some deals, I think that Socrates is getting closer to, to a way out. Uh, and, and I know we're not going to get a big fee for him. Four or five million euros is the reported number, but um, he's on a significant wage so you're going to move him out. You know, Lucas Torreira looks as though he's closing in on a move to Italy as well. So that's potentially a couple of players that Arsenal will be moving on in the coming weeks. And I do think that we will possibly... Um, no, actually, I'm going to stick my neck on the line and say that I think, in my opinion, and this is not from information, this is not being in the know, this is just my personal view and my personal opinion, that Arsenal will go in for Thomas Partey and they will trigger that release clause providing that doesn't change in the meantime, because we know as well that Atletico are very much looking to change his contract. They're very much looking to give him an improved deal, which would see that release clause uh, raised significantly. Now, if that doesn't happen between now and when we're ready, then, um, you know, the chances of us landing the player, in my view, remain the same. Now, you know, talking about the transfer window in general, this is... Um, this is where, for me, Arsenal's sort of hierarchy, Arsenal's, um, you know, negotiators, etc., etc., are going to earn their money. Because up until now, through the, throughout this transfer window, it's been pretty much plain sailing. We wanted Willian, we got Willian. We wanted uh, Gabriel, we got Gabriel. We wanted Ceballos back, we've got Ceballos back. Everything has gone to plan. But now we're at this stumbling point in the transfer window. We're at this crossroads. We've hit a bit of a roadblock, in fact, where we're in a position now where to do the deals that we want to do, and I'm talking about in addition to the ones we've already done, forget those, park those, put those to the side for now, to get more business done and the type of business that we want, the type of business we're talking about, we need to move players on. So Arsenal's ability now to not only recruit, but to move people on is going to be um, 
under increased scrutiny here. These next few weeks, you're going to learn a lot about whether things have changed um, with the new hierarchy. You're going to learn a hell of a lot about this Arsenal um, sort of background team. And you're going to get a really good idea of whether they actually are, um, you know, as good as they say they are, as capable as we think they are. That's not to say that if we don't land two or three new players um, that they've done a bad job. We know that they're under uh, financial constraints. We know that it's going to be difficult, but, you know, I expect them to bring in at least one more um, and I expect them to bring in at least one more of a very, very high standard, a very high quality. I, I don't want to see us plugging holes anymore. I feel like that that's that's gone. That's done. And I know I made reference to this point the other day, but I'll make reference to it again because I thought it was such a good point. Adrian Clark on the show the other night, he said, this is a, an opportunity for Arsenal to be in the market for players that some of the more powerful clubs normally are, uh, normally are in for. So, you know, there are a lot of those more powerful clubs um, that, you know, they're struggling financially. They're not able to do the deals that they would have done prior to the COVID thing happening. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, we, we were in an opportunity. We, we've got an opportunity, sorry, to do some business that I think could really kick us onto the next level. Is it going to be tough on Arsenal financially now? Are we probably going to take some risks? I think those risks were worthwhile because I think that Arsenal have been as convinced by Mikel Arteta as we have. And therefore, you know, You've got to back him. You've got to back him. You've got to give him a chance uh, to achieve what you're wanting him to achieve. You've got to give him an opportunity to close the gap on those teams that we're chasing. And, and the only way to do that is to provide him with the tools necessary to push on and to move forward. Right. Uh, let's have a look at some of your comments before we uh, go on to touch on a couple of other bits and pieces as well. Get your questions in the chat now. I'll come to those. If I've missed some of your comments, I do apologise. It's just that the, the chat is constantly updating, so I can't always go all the way back and, and pick those out. Get your questions in now. Fire them away. Let's have a quick check-in on uh, on what we're doing numbers-wise at the moment. And I only do this because I really, really uh, want you guys to smash that like button. It is so, so important. There are over 200 of you watching us currently um, on the multiple platforms, but we've only got 42 likes on YouTube at the moment. So if you haven't smashed that like button, please do so. It is so, so important. Um, subscribe to the channel if you're new. And uh, you can see here, you can become a patron uh, of the podcast by heading over to patreon.com forward slash the Chronicles of Aguna. Right, let's have a look at some of your questions. Um, Kari Tanninen says, should they now sell Xhaka to get more money for new players? Me personally, I'm going to say no. I know a lot of people don't like Granit Xhaka. I know a lot of people don't think he's good enough. But like it or lump it, he is very much a part of Mikel Arteta's plans moving forward. He is a very much a part of Arsenal's plans moving forward. He is the player whom which the midfield will be built around. I genuinely believe that. I really, really do believe that. And again, you might not agree. You might not like it. But the fact that he plays every single week and we're such a more uh, effective outfit when he does play tells you everything you need to know um, about how highly you know, influential he is in that Arsenal midfield. 
you know, everybody loves to point the finger at him. Everybody likes to have a go at him. Everybody looks for excuses to dig him out time and time again. For me personally, I wouldn't sell Granite Xhaka. I think selling Granite Xhaka would be a step backwards. Um, and I say that because, you know, I'm not saying that he's better than Thomas Partey. I'm not saying that he's better than Hussein Awar. But I am saying that he's better than Lucas Torreira, that he's better than Matteo Genduzzi, that he's better than Mohamed Elneny. He is the best of what we currently have. You know, you can you can make the argument about Ceballos as well, but I think they're different players. And I also think that Danny Ceballos, well, I don't think, I know, he's not as yet, is he? He's on loan. So yeah, look, um, if you could raise significant funds from Granite Xhaka, I can understand why people would, would discuss it, would think about it. But for me, I, I don't think that's the right move. I would keep hold of Granite Xhaka. Um, he's one of a few players, actually, that I'd keep hold of, because believe me, there aren't many. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be holding on to Granite Xhaka. I'd be doing my utmost to keep him, because I think, again, uh, he will prove his worth and he will continue to uh, excel under Mikel Arteta, as he has done since the Spaniard took the reins. Um, Callum Reed says, do you think because Ceballos has signed, do you think we are still in for Partey? So Callum suggesting that maybe the fact that we've signed Danny Ceballos suggests that we're struggling to land Thomas Partey or any of our other transfer targets for that matter. I, I don't think so. I think Danny Ceballos was always on the cards to return. It was always Arsenal's um, hope and a plan to bring him back. You know, if we're talking about Genduzi moving on, if we're talking about Lucas Torreira moving on, and if we're talking about maybe Mohamed Elneny moving on as well, then we need numbers in the middle of the park. So signing Danny Sobias doesn't necessarily solve that on its own. You'd still need to improve that squad further, to add depth to that position. Um, even if, you know, your mind is... Even if you're looking at using Sabas as a, a sort of in and out type of player or, or Xhaka as an in and out type of player, whatever the plan might be, you know, bringing in Sabas for me doesn't change the fact that we still need to recruit in the midfield, particularly with so much speculation, so much uncertainty about the current alternatives that we have at the club. Um, Philip says, uh, Harry, do you think Oba has agreed to re-sign, but only at the end of the season after Ozil's wages are gone? It seems strange that nothing has been announced yet. I, you know, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I, I've very much been beating the drum all the way through that actually, I believe a deal has been struck and a deal has been agreed and we're just waiting for the announcement now. I don't think Arsenal would let it get to the point now where Aubameyang is um, going into the, the, the new season without having committed his future. I feel like Arsenal, from the noises they were making, and I know it was Raul who said it, and I know Raul's gone now, but I feel like Arsenal, hopefully, anyway, I hope, have learnt their lesson from what's gone on in the past, and as a result, won't put us in that position again. Um, I think when Ozil's wages are gone, obviously it frees up a significant amount of money for Arsenal to dish out to other players, other players that they're perhaps trying to persuade uh, to stay, one of them being Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. But I think, you know, Arsenal would have probably made him a lucrative offer in the knowledge that they've only got, what, not even 12 months left of, of Mesut Ozil taking 350 grand a week um, out of the club's coffers. So I, you know, I think Arsenal are just, they know that that is going to end when Ozil's gone. Um, 
maybe they're going to have to go in a little bit of a, a deficit until then. But I can't see them allowing this Aubameyang thing to continue any longer. I, I really do think it is done. I really do think that a deal has been agreed. And I really do think... Um, that an announcement now is is imminent. Maybe they're waiting for us to lose against Liverpool in our third game of the season uh, before announcing it so that everybody can uh, get a bit of a lift. Who knows? Um, let's see what else we've got. Um, uh, Ross Morgan, another Granite Xhaka related question. He says, Harry, with the potential signings of Awa and Partey, what role do you see for Granite Xhaka next season? Um, I see Granite Xhaka's role staying exactly as it is. Um, I think he gives us the ability uh, to progress the ball forward. I think he's someone um, who's looked a lot more disciplined lately. He stays in his position. He also, by being left-footed, has that ability to slot in that sort of that left inside space that a defender would normally occupy when they bomb on forward. Um, you know, I think he's he's been a lot better in terms of picking up people on the edge of the penalty area, etc., etc. I think Mikel Arteta has been really impressed with him. I've been really impressed with him based on the last few months. Um, and, you know, I think that actually if Awar and Partey come in, that would be the trio. Xhaka, Awar and Partey. And in my opinion of the, the four, if you're including Sabayos in that, Sabayos would probably be the one to miss out more often than not. So... Yeah, um, that's kind of my take on on that. Of course, if you're talking about Awar and Partey coming in, they'll probably need time to adapt, which could see them sort of starting their Arsenal careers, not necessarily in the first team week in, week out as well, um, which a lot of people would disagree with, but it's not unheard of for new players to be eased in. Um, so yeah, I, I think Xhaka's role stays the same. And I honestly think that had they not been had they not have given it to, to Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and, and, you know, who is someone that they don't want to upset, someone that they do want to keep. I actually think that, you know, if the captaincy issue was still up in the air, I think Mikel Arteta would make that decision to probably give it to back to Granit Xhaka. I think that's how much he values him. That's how much he rates him. And that's how much um, or how important he sees him to this Arsenal side. Um, Asa says, hi, Harry, what's your thoughts on playing a 3-4-3 to allow our new defenders to grow plus tactical versatility in the game? I think at times we do revert to that formation in game. I think the great thing about the system that Mikel Arteta has currently got us playing is that we are flexible. We are able to, um, to, you know, to shift into the two different shapes when we've got the ball you very much see Kieran Tierney uh, slotting in moving into left back so it becomes a bit of a four at the back um, you know and, and I guess the point is Arsenal's current system is very flexible it's very interchangeable and that's what makes it so effective I think tactically it's given us a massive boost because we've been able to do things in games that prior uh, systems and formations maybe didn't allow us to do that. But Mikel Arteta has also managed the the way we deal with transitions very, very well. Not just transitions against us, but transitions for us as well. There's a very clear plan. There's a very clear idea, uh, philosophy. Again, I'll stress the point, as I've said on many previous shows, that I'm not convinced that the current system is the way that Mikel Arteta will want to play in years to come. But for now, it's working and I don't necessarily expect that to change immediately um 
Carter says, uh, I think Sabas is the last signing. If we don't get anyone, I say we finish eighth again. What about you, Don Simeu? I don't think we're going to finish eighth again. I, I really don't. Um, I think we'll make the top six. Um, that would be my prediction going into the season. I, I think the top four is still a big ask, a tall order. Um, but yeah, um, you know, eighth, I feel... I, I, I don't know. I feel like they, we've seen enough to suggest that with the additions we've made already, if, even if we don't get anyone else, and with the progress we've made as a team and tactically and in terms of our mentality, we've got enough to finish better than we did last season. Whether that's enough to break into the top four, though, that still remains to be seen. I agree with that. And apologies if I miss out some of your questions. If I do skip past some of them, it's because we've answered something very similar or we've discussed something very similar already. So just in the interest of time, I'm trying to make sure that I cover as many bases as we possibly can sam says have arsenal agreed personal terms with awar not to my knowledge um it is not my understanding that arsenal have uh, have agreed any form of uh, of sort of contract with Hussein awar look we need to persuade leon to sell him first um and it's as simple as that and and we'll cross that bridge when we come to it but given the salaries in france uh, and you know the wages in france and in league and sort of in general I can't see that being an issue. Um, I think that the transfer fee is more likely to be a stumbling point than uh, the contract terms. Um, Jay Bowling says, Harry, out of the players whose contracts are up in 2021, who would you bring in? Um, oh, I don't know. Um, honestly, from players that from outside that whose contracts are running out, I'd have to look them up, mate. I, I'll be honest. I um I really couldn't sit here and tell you that, but um thank you for the question. But I I'm off the top of my head. I can't think who at other clubs his contracts are running out and who may be um up for sort of for sort of um you know coming to the Emirates or who we might be looking at. I, I, without seeing a list of those players, I couldn't really make that call and say who I'd like to see come in. Um, right, let's continue through some of your questions. Uh, Tejas, I think he's been on the source, says, Harry, I love you. Your show is brilliant. And I think he commented earlier on uh, saying that he'd been drinking. So uh, get yourself in the kitchen, mate. Make a coffee. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, lots and lots of comments continuing to come through. Uh, Harry Haran says, uh, how good are Joe Willock, Reese Nelson, Emil Smith-Rowe and the rest of the academy products? Are they top quality? Can they cover up for Genduzzi, Neni Torreira and others who will be moved on? It, it, listen, it, when, when you're talking about young players, I always say that it's very tough to get consistent levels of performance out of them. And I... You know, I think that they can be used in the squad for the time being whilst they continue to develop. But would I be hanging my hat on them and relying on them now to fire Arsenal back into the Champions League? No, I wouldn't. Um, I think they complement the squad well in the sense of they bring a freshness, they bring a youth, they bring an energy. Um, you know, they bring in all of those things to you know, complement the squad and enhance the squad. But can they be the main basis, the main focal point of which Arteta builds his team around? No, I don't think so. I think that's still um, that's still a worry. 
um, are still a worry. So, uh, yep, as much as I, I, I like the look of some of them, they've got a lot to prove. Uh, they've still got a long way to develop. And so um, if you're saying to me, would I move Torreira out and Genduzi out and rely on them to backfill those positions? No, I wouldn't. Um, I really, really wouldn't. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Um, a couple of comments about Eddie and Ketia, who I should congratulate, actually. Um, it is on my list to do. And um, we're going to get to that a little bit later on, but we'll just quickly touch on it now. Of course, Eddie and Ketia scored a hat trick for the England under 21s. Reese Nelson got on the score sheet as well, um, which is excellent to see. It's lovely to see the Arsenal youngsters doing well. It's great to see Eddie and Ketia continuing to prove that he can score goals and continuing to show that he can develop further. He was someone I was a little bit worried about because obviously he'd gone out on loan to Leeds. It didn't really work out in terms of um, sort of the game time he got there. We know that, um, you know, Marcelo Bielsa is very specific about what he wants from certain players. And as I've said on the show previously, I said it when he first came back because I actually cover Leeds a lot um, sort of over for Snack Media. So I do a lot of writing on Leeds. I do a lot of studying on Leeds. It was very clear that this wasn't due to a lack of ability uh, that, that Eddie Nketiah was kind of given the cold shoulder by by Marcelo Bielsa. It was more a, a tactical thing. Marcelo Bielsa is very specific in what he demands from his centre-forward. He's very um, big on hold-up play, on link-up play. Something that I'd argue that is an area Nketiah still needs to develop in. Um, you know, that's why Enke uh, sorry Bielsa stuck with Bamford. That's why he signed Rodrigo from Valencia, who went... You think about what they've paid for him and, you know, sort of his goal scoring record, which isn't amazing. Um, you know, you 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 realise that actually there are other qualities that Rodrigo brings to the table. And that is why Bielsa has gone after him. And you just, you know, you've got to put that lead spell to one side and not get caught too hung up on that. I've been pleasantly surprised by what I've seen from Eddie Nketiah since his return. I think there is some Bielsa elements to his play. Um, in terms of the way he presses, the way he harries people, the energy that he shows, the intensity with which he works. And so it's clear that although he didn't get as much game time as he'd have liked, spending some time with the great Marcelo Bielsa has definitely, definitely, in my opinion, benefited um, benefited Eddie Nketiah. It really, really has. Um, guys, smash the like button. Um, if you haven't already, please, sorry, please do so. Um, we've not hit 100 likes yet, but we've got over 300 of you watching. So why not smash the like button? I think it's here. I think um, just smash it. It's free um, and uh, subscribe to the channel if you are new. Right. Another uh, subject I wanted to talk about was uh, Lionel Messi. And that that's huge, huge news. Um, you know, it was reported uh, a few days ago that Messi had sort of made it clear that he wanted to leave Barcelona. He was done. He wanted out. Manchester City have been linked um, quite heavily with Lionel Messi. There was a massive dispute uh, between the player and the club. There was a dispute between um, sort of Messi's representatives and, and, and they alleged that some promises had been made to the player, as does Messi. Um interview to goal yesterday. I don't know if any of you have seen that, whereby he made it clear that he's been talking about leaving all season. He made it clear that he wanted to leave all season. He was told that he'd be allowed 
to decide at the end of the season what his future held. And obviously, um, you know, the club have not have not stuck to their word. Um, they just haven't. They 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 they've gone against what they said they would uh, allow him to do. Nobody wants to be the president that let Lionel Messi get away. Um, I get all of that. So, you know, but it is for me, a lot of people have sat here in in the aftermath of Messi sort of saying he's going to stay. And, and, and Messi said he's going to stay because he doesn't want to get into a massive dispute um, with the club. He doesn't want to enter legal proceedings. He doesn't want to get involved in um, in. Uh, in a, in a massive fight with the club he loves, with the club he's represented throughout his career, his adult career. And, you know, I believe him. I, I believe him when he says that. Some people say he's a bottle job. He won't see it through. He doesn't really want to go elsewhere. He doesn't really want to have to go and prove himself in another league. I'm, I'm not of that opinion. I, I genuinely bought what Lionel Messi had to say. I genuinely think that his decision to stay is because he loves the football club and doesn't want to fall out with them. He doesn't want to have this black mark on his Barcelona career uh, from falling out with the club and, and getting into this massive, massive dispute, argument, fight, whatever you want to call it. Messi loves Barcelona and appreciates what Barcelona have done for him. Obviously, he's done a massive amount for them. He's been integral to all of their success in the last, what, 15 odd years or however long it's been. But I genuinely bought it. I, I genuinely do think that Lionel Messi is actually um, willing to stay because he doesn't want to to upset the apple cart. He doesn't want to get in this dispute. And, and let's be honest, you know, it's not like um, it's not like Lionel Messi is earning shit money at Barcelona. Um, you know, he made it very, very clear that there's no organisation at the club, that things have been done really, really badly, that they need new blood, they need new ideas. He's made no secret of that. But when you're as powerful as Messi in the sense of you've been as influential, you're as good, you're the best footballer in the world, maybe ever, then, you know, he can say those things and he can get away with those things. Right. Um, let's just pick up a couple more of your questions and then we will um, we will uh, lock it off for the day. Um here we go. This one comes from Top Techers. It says, Harry, would you say Awar is an easier deal to complete due to Leon's financial issues and Leon willing to accept the deal in instalments compared to Partey's release clause having to be paid in full? Yeah, I do think that that is, um, that is um, a an easier option. I've said it on recent shows that I do think that Leon's willingness to do a deal in instalments, which would help them uh, continue to to deal with their financial troubles over a period of time, their willingness to do that makes that deal easier. I certainly do believe that. And at this moment in time, I would rate our chances of getting Hussein Awar higher than our chances of getting um, of getting Thomas Partey. And I really do, do believe that. Um, let's pick up one more question um, before we wrap it up. Um, lots of questions, non-Arsenal related, non-football related even, but we'll pick up a football related one. Um, let's see what we've got here. Um, diddle -da -da. just uh, having a scroll through, just trying to pick out something a little bit different to what we've been discussing 
throughout this uh, this show. Obviously, Danny Sabas was the key talking point. So let's finish on a Danny Sabas related question from Jay, who says, Harry, would you be against Sabas being played higher up the pitch in a more advanced playmaker role? I think that when Arsenal play against the so-called smaller sides, when we're asked to take the game to people, when we're expected to dictate all of the play, um, when we're contending with low blocks, I think naturally you'll see our midfield push a lot further up the pitch. Danny Sabas will probably be the one that goes on a little bit further than Granit Xhaka. Um, and I expect him to to showcase what he can do in those areas. But I very much am of the opinion that Danny Sabas is a deep-lying player. That is what he does. Um, he's not a number 10 that we're shoehorning into a number six position. He is very much a deep line midfield player. I genuinely do believe that. And I, I think that that's where he's at his best. And I think that that will always be starting position under Mikel Arteta, um, particularly in a system where we're not even playing with a number 10. So I think that you will see Danny Sabas play that role um, going forward. I think it is his best role. And as an advanced playmaker, I'm not sure that is Danny Sabayos. I, I, I just don't think it is. Right. Um, that brings us to the end of another live stream. If you haven't already, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel if you are new. Um, and we will be back with more Arsenal related content very, very soon. Until next time, take care. Enjoy your weekends and uh, enjoy your last weekend before the Premier League starts and the stress comes back. Uh, so until then, uh, take care of yourselves and uh, stay safe. Ciao.